Welcome to The Practice, a podcast dedicated to unpacking the challenges and joys of being human in this unprecedented time. Each episode will delve into a different aspect of the practice of living with the goal of leaving you empowered to go out into the world as your best self embodied. Hello, everyone, and as always, thank you so much for taking the time and energy to be here. I'm your host, Brooke Davidson. Today's show revolves around being a beginner and also around building sustainable hobbies. And I'm so excited to talk with you about this because it's something that I feel like I've got a lot of experience with and also that I have kind of rounded some corners with recently in my own life. And I'm excited to share some of these discoveries and some conversations I've had around this topic with you all in hopes that maybe you gain something from it that is beneficial to your own life. So I want to start by sharing a little bit of a story with you. This summer, I was determined to start swimming laps at the pool. And I want you to keep in mind that the last time that I've like formally swam laps was when I was in swimming lessons as a small child, which I'm guessing those probably ended in, I don't know, second or third grade. And so it had been a fair amount of time since I'd done this. And I was honestly unsure if I even remembered like formal strokes or how to just swim laps. You know, I've only really swam in informal situations where we're playing in a pool or swimming, you know, across part of a lake or something like that, you know, playing in the ocean. And so to be in such a, you know, kind of formal controlled environment where you're not just swimming to something or playing in the waves, you're you're actually just in a disciplined manner swimming back and forth in a pool and it's otherwise quite still and if people look over, they see you, you know, I mean, <laughs> your form's a little more exposed. Um, I was scared. I was intimidated. Add into that the fact that all of the lifeguards at the pool here where I live are high school students who I've personally had in class, and that makes it even more intimidating, right? Because who wants to go and, you know, drown themselves in front of someone that they know (laughs) and someone who they're supposed to be, you know, teaching things to in life? So um, definitely an intimidating experience for me. And the first day I showed up and I had no expectations and no uh, objectives for it. I just said, I'm going to, I'm just going to swim back and forth and see what happens. And I was like legitimately nervous about my swimming abilities. So I grabbed one of those kickboards that they have and I was just doing kind of kicking back and forth and focusing on my breathing, which it turns out is very opposite of yoga breath. (laughs) And so I had to uh, kind of retrain my brain to even focus on breathing in the right way and the right timing. Anyway, the next day I swam without the kickboard. The day after that, I felt comfortable swimming over in the 12 foot section, knowing I couldn't touch the whole way and so on. And eventually it, it pretty quickly progressed to something that even though I wasn't, you know, swimming with very great form or setting any records time-wise, I at least felt competent in. I felt empowered by it. Which brings me to my first point of being a beginner, right? When you're a beginner, it can be so scary. It can be just really hard to approach a new topic, a new activity. 
even the language can be a barrier. I remember learning to fly fish and somebody telling me to mend the line. And I was like, I don't know what the heck that means, but my line's in one piece. I don't think it needs mended, <laughs> right? And it just takes a while before you understand the jargon, before you understand kind of some of the, the key details of anything. And being a beginner can be so empowering because we're right in the thick of that, right? We, we put ourselves out there and all we can do from that point is go up. All we can do is grow. And so even though being a beginner is very scary, it's like that place where we hold the most potential. And so even though it might be intimidating, it really should be like an exciting and empowering experience for us because we know that all we can do is get better because we know that every single day we're going to see some sort of growth, some sort of deeper understanding. And so that's, that's my first point here is just a reminder that growth is such a cool thing. It's such a powerful experience and something is only hard until it isn't right. You've probably heard me say that before. And so it's a good reminder that putting ourselves in that vulnerable position is incredibly rewarding and pretty quickly rewarding. However, I want to get to my second point, which is making an activity or a hobby sustainable. What I quickly noticed with swimming is that I felt like I needed to set a specific goal. So every day I had to swim at least 10 laps. And after I started swimming a bit more, noticed which styles were easier and harder for me, suddenly I was swimming 10 laps, but at least half of the time I had to be swimming the hardest stroke for myself. And then I started setting other parameters on it. And I can only take breaks ever, you know, an X amount of lengths and, and so on. And pretty soon it became something that I was, I'd gone from really looking forward to that time of the day to kind of being intimidated by it again, but not because of any ability difference, because I had set parameters on it. And I feel like that is something that we do so often, right? A lot of times we say, oh, okay, I'm going to walk, but I have to walk this many steps, or I'm going to go for a run or go for a bike ride, and I have to get this many miles or in this amount of time. And this isn't to say that having goals and growth expectations is a bad thing in and of itself, because it's totally not. It is great to set goals, to hold ourselves accountable in those very measurable ways. However, that's just not necessary in every part of our lives. We deserve moments that are free from expectation, that are free from parameters, that are free from quantifiable data. And the reason that we deserve that is because it's good for us. Okay, it is good for us and we deserve to give ourselves good things. We deserve to do whatever it takes to show up as our best selves. And that means nourishing ourselves. Okay, yeah, sometimes it means enacting discipline and setting measurable goals. But we do so much of that in this Western world. Our whole lives are often dictated by that. Even that's how we're set to approach relationship. It's how we're set to approach our careers. It's, it's often how we're set to approach things like parenting. And yet, any time that we set such a specific parameter or goal, 
we limit ourselves, right? It's like you either do that and succeed or you don't do it and you fail. And then what about the fact that I can do it and succeed, but not have really enjoyed the process, right? I was doing it because I was meeting a certain expectation. And so that brings me to beginner moment number two that I had recently. I just started learning piano. And I want to clarify, I did learn piano at one point in my life. I played for, I think, two, maybe three years when I was like from first to third grade, probably. Um, And so I did have a little bit of a foundation with this. But when I looked at the piano, I was like, hey, I know where middle C is, and therefore I can find the other notes from there. But I don't remember, is a flat or a sharp up or down? And where do my, where do I even place my hands when I'm playing? Does it change sometimes? Like I literally couldn't remember anything. So I started over from a book that really goes from the start. You know, you start by just saying the notes out loud and clapping rhythms and things like that. And this was about three weeks ago now. So it's quite recent. And part of what I told myself when I started this process of relearning piano is that I would not attach any parameters to it. Piano would be something that would be purely based off of interest. I would sit down when I wanted to, I would play when I wanted to, I would play for however long I wanted to, I would play whatever number of songs I wanted to. And that would be it. And I would never say you need to play for at least 30 minutes X amount of times per week, or you need to you know, learn one new song a day or whatever it might be. And it revolutionized hobbies for me. <laughs> okay, um, this is the only other time I've done that was with yoga, where I said, I'm going to step on my mat every day, but I have no expectation of certain poses, certain movements, certain time spent. Like, I'm just going to give myself the opportunity to show up on my mat every day. And that was the only other time that I have approached a hobby like this. And that too blossomed. Like yoga, my self-practice took off and I got so deeply in love with the practice that it's been, gosh, like nine years now since I've been practicing yoga. And I'm just so deeply in love with it. And it's such a part of my life that I would never, you know, just stop practicing yoga. Like that's unfathomable to me. And I feel like I'm creating a similar foundation with piano right now where I'm building it in a way that it's just a mechanism of joy, right? It's something I go to when I feel like it. And it's, I mean, I've practiced every single day, but not because I've told myself I have to, just because there's that desire, Because I'm like, oh, this is a great place for me. I get to be creative. I get to challenge myself intellectually. I get to make music, which I so love doing. And it's become a similarly nurturing and inspiring place as yoga in this short amount of time. And I credit that entirely to the fact that there's no expectation attached. So... I'm going to wrap up this episode, but I would like to leave you with the thought of what would it be like to examine some of the hobbies that you maybe already have and ask yourself, what would it be like if I were to drop parameters, if I were to just, you know, 
run for the sake of running and just run for however long felt good. And maybe there's a part of the run where it starts to kind of suck, but you know that it gets better after that. And so, yeah, you might have to kind of like push through the slump every once in a while, but not saying, okay, for X amount of time or for X amount of miles, what if I just ran because I enjoy it and I like how my body feels after I've done it? Um, and similarly, I would encourage you to consider, is there anything you've been wanting to try? Anything that you've thought, oh, that would, that would be cool. I would like to learn another language or I would like to try this other activity I've never tried. And I would push you to do it. Just put yourself out there. Just commit to it. Just go, right? And know that that first effort is probably going to be the the sorriest effort that you ever have. And that's pretty freaking cool. It only gets better. And it's so empowering to watch that growth, to watch that competency, and to feel the empowerment. That is the result. So that being said, I wish you the very best. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out. I'd love to talk further. Goodbye. To follow along with my work, you can find me on Instagram at brook underscore being. If you're interested in contacting me for a private yoga or life coach consult, please send an inquiry to brookdavidsonyoga at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.